everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 140. We talk about permissions, teams, we have some listener feedback, and we talk about chatbots versus live chat. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features, and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found. And with me is my co-host Craig Burley from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really well. I'm wide awake this You're week. You're fired too. up. Yeah. Well, we're recording a bit earlier tonight, so it's always good. Plus, we had an early dinner. Had an early dinner. Yep. So, we're underway. It's almost as though we're organized for a change. Isn't that good? That's right. Mm. All right. On to our inbound thought of the week, Craig. And we were both at HubSpot today, weren't we? It was really good, yeah, catching up with Varun. I saw Daniel Bershey. Yes, said hi. I saw Daniel. I saw Dave. Yes. So, hello, Dave. Dave, how are you? And we met some other partners. Yeah, actually, I uh, met the guys from Lupo Digital, Glenn and Michael, who I've only really corresponded with via email before. And, and I actually spent a bit of time with them at Inbound. So oh, that right. was kind of cool. Yeah, cool. Hey, guys, shout out to you. Now, if you are a HubSpot customer and you're working with an account manager, and they're based in Sydney, you should actually visit the office and take them out for coffee. Yeah, well, that's right. So we we go in into HubSpot and catch up pretty regularly, like every month or so, catch up with um, HubSpot people. And that's not because we're particularly special or privileged. It's just because we, we, ha- we hassle them. <laughs> so if you're a HubSpot customer, exactly as you said, Ian, yeah, give them a call, talk to your account manager and say, oh, look, I want to catch up, you know. Tell me some tips. Let's grab coffee and uh, I'm sure they'll and accommodate. Go, go get you some sprocket merchandise. There you go. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And we're going to talk about teams and roles in enterprise. Now, this has been rolling out in various, how do I describe it? It's been rolling out across some editions, but mainly so in enterprise as they bring in the whole enterprise suite of features. Now, why is this important, Craig? Okay, and so I'm going to be just talking about enterprise, although there is an essence of the whole team's approach in professional as well. In starter as well, you can have one team. Like, Correct. I don't know what benefit that is. One team. Yeah, huh. I don't get that because I've gotten caught to that one before. Yeah, right. And professional, I think you can have a couple, but um, enterprise, you can have a bunch more and you can have parent-child teams. Now, this is good for a couple of reasons and it's, well, it's going to be much better in a month or two, but... At the moment, it's good for just organising people into teams and you do have some limited kind of setting of permissions, which we'll get to in a second. But why it's going to be important down the track, especially with enterprise, is because they're going to be bringing in content partitioning. So it's this idea of giving a user, they're a member of a team and that team only has access to certain parts of content, assets and various functionality in, in in the suite. So that is something that a lot of clients, actually not a lot of clients, but a section of clients and, in fact, often lost prospects have been asking for. They go to other tools to get it. So HubSpot's rolling that out, hoping to be able to provide that and pick up that, I guess, corner of the market. So it's going to be really important. And that's coming out in um, November sometime, early November, they're saying. So let's let's just chat about, uh, I guess, a little bit about permissions. Yeah, so first thing is contact access. Now, why I'm going to bring this up is we work with, people that have sales teams and they worry about contact access and about the amount of permission people have to see certain things. So you will see that a user has permission to view, communicate, edit, 
And within that, they can see everything. They can see their team-only stuff. They can only see what they only own. Or, and sometimes you'll see anything that's unassigned or uncategorized, they can see. So that's an option available. And another thing that I want to share, and I think we were talking about this, is the bulk delete option, right? Now, this is in... Bulk uh, delete and bulk export. Correct. And this is in the user settings, right? And why this is important is think about people on your team and about what they can input and take out, right? I don't mind people bulk importing if that's what their job is or, you know, transferring data from systems or spreadsheets that they have. But bulk exporting, I do have a problem with. Right. And 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 even in a discussion with a customer today, what happened was that someone here employed to actually transfer data from one system into another has actually taken data. And he's very particular about who has access to export data. Mm. And he was like, well, no one else had access, not even the sales salesperson. And obviously it's only one of a few people that have actually taken this data. Wow, interesting. And it's something that I always make sure, coming from a banking background, mm. is who has permission to manipulate or have access to that data being a really key thing. And I think have a look in your portal, especially if you're working across multiple portals and see what permissions people have and do they actually require that permission to do their job. So I think it's sometimes always better to have a higher level of permissioning and then work your way backwards and lower that barrier rather than have no barrier and then start putting it up. Yeah, look, I think this is a really good point. And I have to admit, I've been pretty lax on this. I haven't really looked at this, although I do know I'll say with sometimes we have clients, I say, um, can you help me in, in HubSpot with a few things? I go, yeah, sure, just add me as a user. Now, you'll have to give me most permissions, but just turn off viewing contacts and viewing and exporting contacts and deleting them. Just turn that off and then, you you know, they feel a lot more comfortable. They're obviously wary about what access they give me, you know, an outside um, consultant to access to. I just tell them, oh, yeah, don't give me access to that. That's fine. And that normally allays their fears. But it makes me think about what should be part of our standard practice when we set up portals. And I think you're absolutely right, especially someone in sales, the sales teams, don't let them export out all the contacts. I mean, that is kind of key asset for the business. It makes me think about my own team. Now, at the moment in our portal, we're, you know, a small agency, small team, five of us. So that's fine. I trust them all. But as we scale up, as we are hiring and growing, you know, that's kind of going to be something I probably should be looking at mm. and being very particular about. And, of course, yep. as you know, it's easy to go in, ah, oh, New Year's, yeah, super admin or whatever the Correct. highest thing. And, yeah, we've got to start thinking about that. We've got to be a lot more careful, um, not only for our own businesses but for our clients as well. And yeah, there's a certain duty of care there. Correct. So I think it's a great thing to be aware of. So, Craig, we had no HubSpot gotcha of the week. I think the HubSpot gotcha is make sure you've got your export turned off. Well, that's right. For certain users. Yeah. And be aware that when you are doing this thing, it's like obviously the bulk deleting and the exporting are two key things, which are often probably enabled by default. And so go check your user permissions. Yeah. And that is per individual. Okay. On to our marketing tip of the week, Craig, and why Google ad brand campaigns are important. Yeah, just thought I'd mention this. This is a post that Kylie and our team put up on the blog. Um, just because we get this question from clients, we run their ad, uh, Google AdWords or Google Ads Google now. Ads. Previously AdWords, if you're familiar with that. 
campaigns and normally setting up a new account, the first thing we do is set a brand campaign. There's a whole bunch of good reasons to do that. But clients, of course, go, well, hang on, I'm always already ranking number one for my brand term. Why would I waste money doing a brand campaign? So this is a blog post where we talk about why, and there's at least five good reasons why you should. Um, Account health, owning the page, your competitors will bid on your brand terms as well, so you've got to be above them, all that kind of stuff. So just put this in as a bit of a marketing tip. You can read the post for the details, but the tip is you should. I, I can't think of a case where you shouldn't you should run brand campaigns in AdWords. And if you're worried about the cost, well, you can just set it as a small daily limit. So it's not as though it's breaking the bank. And really we find the people that focus on this, we actually look at the spend and it's like, you know, 3% of their overall ad spend. And we're like, well, hang on, got these other big campaigns that are totally unoptimized that you're burning money in. Why would you focus on the brand campaign? So yeah, just a a post there for marketing managers. If you're wondering why agencies do it, there's why, there's good reasons. Right, so expanding upon that, Craig, running a brand campaign on search is great. And I think one of the other things you should be doing is at minimum running a remarketing campaign on search and on display, right? Now, how you do this, there's some technicalities to it. I would actually encourage people to do that as a bare minimum so you're actually not losing traffic that's already coming to your site but not converting. Excellent tip. You know, why don't we have tip of the week next week? You can talk about how to set up a search campaign with remarketing so that, um, yeah, we can just go through that tip. That's excellent. All right. HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is about workflow actions in sales professional or sales enterprise, should I say. Uh, Sales hub professional and enterprise, yeah. So you might have noticed if you've got sales professional, a sales professional license, you see this workflows there and you kind of go, oh, isn't that a marketing professional tool? Why would I use that? And so first of all, in the show notes, we've got a link through to HubSpot where they explain all the different versions, HubSpot Pro, Enterprise, Sales, et cetera, what they can get in workflows. And that's actually quite good because um, in a a basic workflow, if you have basic workflow, functionality you get things like um, setting tasks creating tasks things like that anyway if you've got sales hub professional um, you get adding deals as well and so that's i guess the sales tip of the week and then yeah check out this post for all the other scenarios so craig when you say adding deals is this where someone would perhaps move into a particular stage or life cycle stage and you can trigger off creating a deal based on that that's exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Excellent. Nothing like a good example. All right, opinion of the week, Craig. And this is a great article that I was reading, and this is from Conversion Excel. And it's about live chat versus chatbots. I found an interesting quote in there. It says, IBM predicts that phone-based customer service will exist solely as a backup by 2020, which is really interesting. Yeah. Now, a lot of this, why would it a put as opinion of the week is that I tend to find as we have the rise of chatbots, live chat messaging, people are confused as to where to use what. And I think this is a great article in explaining about they kind of have six tests to understand why you would use live chat or why would you use chatbots. So I think go through that, see how you answer those questions and test each one of those and then come up with a solution at the other end. Now, what I do want to say, I'm going to read the conclusion of what they actually talk about in there. It says, the central truth here, chatbots cannot fake human-based customer service yet. 
if your chatbot strategy hinges on sustaining the, that deceit, you will fail. However, a chatbot doesn't need to simulate a human to be successful. The companies that have su- succeeded with chatbots recognize how to deploy them. And they talk about doing tier one questions. And as you read the article, you'll understand what that is. It's kind of very high level, basic stuff. When you shift to live chat for more complex issues and how to start planning for the future of customer service, that as for now remains uncertain. So Mm. I think in this particular piece, the context and outcome has been focused on the customer service. Now, we were talking earlier I think about using chatbots in other areas, even in sales, mm. to do certain things. Now, obviously, they can compare this because there is such a high level of interaction with a call center with actually live chats on sites because people want to help themselves. So there's a good correlation about how chatbot can save a certain amount of input outcome, even about how people go about or the ability to respond to multiple people without actually growing a team. So I think there's a, there's a scale thing here Mm. and also how we respond. And I think that's one of the key things here. Yeah. Look, I think this article is excellent. I was really glad when you put this in there because conversion Excel quality content, one of the things they go through at the start is just the importance of user experience. Yeah. And I feel, I actually felt this was um, a bit of a, bit of a rebuke for me because We've been putting chatbots on our site and testing things. Mainly I've been doing it from a testing because I want to check out functionality. Can I do this? How do I do branching? How do I can, you know, how do I integrate it with this? All of this kind of stuff. And I have kind of known that the user experience isn't great, but I've been doing it to test it to just, you know, just check how many people fill it out and kind of thing. And it turns out we do get quite a few people filling out the chat. However, we don't respond to it well. Our actual bots are pretty lame. And also sometimes I'm slow to respond to them. And a lot of that is because we don't have an internal process. I haven't actually incentivized my team to say, oh, as soon as there's a chat, jump on it and give a good user experience. Now, why I feel that's a rebuke to me is because they said at the start, and they give the stats in this article about first impressions are often last impressions, right? So you come, if you get a bad first impression, we've talked about this on the show, you come and start filling out a chat bot, fill it all out, and then it says, oh, sorry, we're out of the office. We'll get back to you, fill in your email address. And it's like, well, that's a terrible experience. I don't think we do that on our site, fortunately, so we managed to get rid of that. It does show the importance of having a process. And in this article, they go through all these really bad examples, like of major companies doing yes. terrible chatbots. And it's kind of like, it's almost like the, the consensus of opinion is like, by default, expect a bad experience with chat. Yep. And if you get a good experience, that's actually an exception. And that's a terrible thing, right? So that stat you mentioned at the start that they're anticipating by 2020, they're predicting it'll be replaced. Well, maybe, but that's only because phone support's so terrible these days as well. Anyway, no, so that's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so the chatbot might still be terrible, but not as terrible as phone support. You know, one thing that highlights in this article, we're talking about stats here, 70% of consumers prefer to chat to voice if given the choice. Yeah, I'd, well, I would. That's right. So I think there's a propensity to move towards this Mm. and how we manage and scale it is really important. So with all of these things, I think even if you've got the chatbot, where that handover takes place is really important, Well, there's means you've got to have... Well, no, but but to go back a step, 70% of people would prefer to chat over phone, but as long as it's a good chat experience, 
you know, over a bad phone experience yeah. because I, I'm sure you, we've got a limited window of providing terrible chat experiences before people give up on it in general. So I think to stand out as marketers and sales and support, if you can put time into a fantastic chat experience, you will stand out. You will be. The, so everyone's got chat. Not many people have great chat. Exactly. And it takes time, right? Like in the article it says, you can get going really quickly or you can spend lots of time thinking about it and implementing it so you've actually figured out what's going on. Yeah. So there's one of the key things. With anything, I think anything we do, if we actually have a think about it, why is Apple so successful is because they've actually thought about how things happen from the time you open that box to the time you power it up and you press that button. What's the experience that we're having, right? And that's why we never... Do we ever say a bad thing? Pretty rarely, right? So just think about the whole process. All right, on to our listener feedback of the week, Craig. Now, you were you were catching up with, um, are they a client? Yeah. Yeah, a client. Right. They listen to the podcast. Hello to, hello to you, Emma. Yes. So hello, Emma. <laughs> and she said, oh, I love the episode where you mentioned no pong. And that was in episode 81, which seems like a distant future away. And she's now a very happy user of Nerpong. Right. So, <laughs> so did she mention any product of the week? Did she mention anything about our HubSpot tips? No, of course not. Anything about marketing? <laughs> no. Just just Nerpong. You're welcome, Nerpong. So there you go. Look, I think this also shows we'll take listener <laughs> feedback. We'll take anything we can get. <laughs> we love listener feedback. Yes, we do. All right, onto our resource of the week, Craig. And this is one of the, uh, talking about messaging again, here mm. we are, the resource of the week. And this is from Mobile Monkey. So this is Larry Kim, who used to be from, uh, he had a Google ad management platform. Yes. Anyway, regardless, Larry always puts out great content. And this is new venture into using Messenger chatbots. So this is Facebook Messenger. And he's doing lots of great content around how to use it, how to implement it. So we encourage you to actually look at that because he talks about everything you need to know about the click to messenger Facebook ads. Yeah. So look, there's two parts to this. If you're a marketing manager looking at this, one part is the Facebook ads, the click to messenger, right? But then the second part is, well, when they do click through, how do you respond to them? And he's got his product nicely, Mobile Monkey, that slots right in there. So you can actually get a lot of value from this post just from the first half, setting up messenger ads. But then the second half, actually putting in a messenger tool behind it, you can use it. So I think it's, it's he's got a free entry tier as well, doesn't yes. he? So he's pushing hard, Larry, mate, he's, he's, he's on the go. You can't say he didn't give it a crack. He's giving it a crack. All right, Craig, now on to our quote of the week. Now, this is a special quote of the week. Maybe you should give this quote I, now. I heard this wisdom. Yeah, do you want to set it up? No, I'll tell you this, um, this quote something that was inspired by often hearing people that are using or have bought mainly purchased HubSpot and they have decided that they're not going to use it because they have to pay by contact or there's a, you know, there is a certain limit to contacts or once I go over, this is what it's going to cost me. And I rightly explain to people that lots of systems do it on, um, so the users that are in there. So like we're talking about users of the system which really doesn't stop any, stops people from using the system, right? If you're going to charge per user, right? Because they might say, look, the you, my, my, you, the people's response to me usually is, oh, they can just use my login. I'd be like, but why? It doesn't cost you any more to have somebody else use their right. own login yep. so you can actually see what's going on. On the other hand, you've got HubSpot that 
don't charge for user logins. Well, not on the marketing side at least. Not on the marketing side. And then what happens is that they charge on the contact side, right? And so I'm saying what that does is actually creates a propensity to keep your database clean because you don't pay for stuff that is not right working or is not being utilized, right? So making sure that you've got your bounced list correct, you're you're actually you're actually talking to an engaged audience. So that's why I think it's a, it's a good it has its good and its bad, but I think overall it's good, right? And so it always comes down to this cost equation and why people don't use HubSpot. And even if they so I'm talking about people that have actually bought HubSpot and actually choose not to use it because they don't want to pay for those contacts. Yeah, look, I'm just going to read you this quote. <laughs> I, I have a lot to say, and we've covered this in previous episodes, haven't we? we? Have. This whole idea, they focus on the cost of contacts and it's like, shouldn't you be focusing on the value the tool provides? Is the tool providing value? No. Then it doesn't matter how much the contacts cost, that's a waste of money, right? Exactly. Cheaper, expensive. But anyway, here's, here's the quote. You have the keys to the Ferrari, but you are too focused on the cost of filling it with the best fuel to drive it. And that was from a very wise man by the name of Ian Jacob. <laughs> Straight from an email to a process. Great, great uh, bit of wisdom there. Thanks, thanks, Ian. Thank you, Mr. Jacob. <laughs> You're welcome, Great. All right, on to our bonus links of the week. We've got some great research for B2B audience insights, and this is from the Content Marketing Institute. And we've got another one to do with Google My Business where they're letting you add products to your Google My Business listing. Yeah, oh, well, I'll tell you what, Google My Business is still the best free source of um, search engine exposure. So Absolutely. first thing we do for a lot of clients, just make sure the Google My Business profile is up to date and regularly updated. And one of the things, you can put posts in there, but yeah, they're now- Videos? Uh, videos, images, but now they're moving to actually have products. Yeah. And soon it's going to be, you know, feed-based and everything. So just just get on that. It is fantastic. I can't believe they're not charging for it. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm sure someone's <laughs> got something somewhere. It's on the cards, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we'd love you to rate, review, and leave us feedback on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this, as it would greatly help us. And we would love you to send any feedback you have about the show as you might be the featured listener on the show the next week. <laughs> the criteria is not high. The bar's not high to get over. So on that happy note, I shall say goodbye, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.